0: This podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising, and we do this every week by sharing the stories and advice of those who made it on the other side. This week, you will learn from Kate Widener. Kate is the co founder and CEO of SRW Agency. SRW is an independent, full service marketing agency with a penchant for growing health and wellness brands. SRW specializes in creating and converting brand communities through strategic thinking, standout creative, video production, paid media, and public relations. They're based in Chicago and Boulder, Colorado. After gigs with the U.S. government, NBC, Comcast, and Frequency 540, Kate left her roots in production to co-found SRW with her partners, Charlie Stone and Brian Rowling. They quote-unquote quit advertising more than five years ago to start an agency that focused on doing great work with and for people doing good in the world. Under Kate's leadership, SRW has grown revenue by 42% year over year by continually winning business from the likes of Good Culture, Kite Hill, Simple Mills, Brazzy Bites, Tidon Water Ranch, Vital Proteins, and many more over the years. She takes us through her story, break-in, and gives advice for the aspiring advertiser. You can connect with Kate And learn more about SRW and see her recommended resources by visiting our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. I'll repeat that it's at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram for all those resources. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Kate Widener, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on early this morning before Labor Day. How are you?
1: Good. Ready for Labor Day. One of the best weekends in our beloved Chicago. So super pumped.
0: You are in Chicago. That is correct. So I love when another Chicago guest comes on. You are the founder and CEO at SRW. So we're going to go over that. We're going to talk about your sports history, your agency, and your takes. So I'm excited to dive in, but before we get into all of that, let's start talking about you and who you are.
1: Awesome. So many of my favorite topics. First, I'm a talker, so this is great. This is a great environment for me. As you mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of SRW. We're an agency that works exclusively with natural wellness and better for you brands. Founded the agency about seven years ago. Prior to that, my work was in the advertising space as well. Worked on a wide variety of clients at an agency called Frequency Five Forty, which was sold to and absorbed by Leo Burnett. And then prior to that, I worked in the sports media world and sports marketing world. I got my master's in journalism at Northwestern, which is what brought me to Chicago in the first place. And before that, I have a whole other career in government and politics. So a winding road that brought me here to this podcast today.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So we're gonna have to dive into that for sure. (laughs) For sure. So there's a lot to pick apart there, but tell me about you and your role at SRW. What is SRW?
1: Yeah. SRW is one of my babies. We launched our agency just about seven years ago. As I mentioned, we work only with basically natural foods brands which was a really just happy accident that we stumbled into seven years ago. We had launched brands like Vital Proteins and Simple Mills when they were about four or five people. No one had heard of them. Nobody was really eating that healthy yet either about seven years ago. So this was a very no novel way. thing. <laughs> yeah, um, The pandemic close. really helped with that. But prior to that, there was still a lot of Doritos munching happening. And of course, there still is. But now we're happy to say people are finding more balanced. And, you know, we're an agency of record for agencies or for brands in that space. You know, we launched six and a half, almost seven years ago with those two brands and they are complete rocket ships that were also based here in Chicago. And as they grew, we really were able to grow our services too. So now today we are a digital first agency of record for many brands like Good Culture, Kite Hill, Perfect Bar, Rebel. Basically, if you walk down the aisles of Whole Foods, you're going to have a really hard time not running into one of SRW's clients. And what we manage for them is, of course, their social media channels because they're extremely important for their target consumer, and also because you know their budgets fall into the range where social media is a really efficient and effective vehicle for them. But we also manage a lot of their content production, so we have a full studio in our Chicago office. We manage their paid media, their PR, their influencer marketing. So pretty much anything that you can think of.
0: Gotcha. One one of the brands obviously that stuck out to me when you mentioned was Vital Proteins. Yeah. Just great branding in general. So you said you guys started off pretty early with them. You helped launch that brand. I'm while I don't purchase vital protein, I'm mm-hmm. definitely very aware. Maybe it's because my mom works at Nordstrom and mm-hmm. they have it there at Nordstrom and she talks about it a lot maybe like their distribution is just super good but what would you say like their branding is and what makes it so strong
1: yeah one of the things that i'm personally get to be most proud of is that with vital proteins being one of our first clients you know our agency was only us three founders when we started working Mm -hmm. with them and one of our very first employees shout out to julie brown our very first employee and we together created their brand guidelines, right? So we wrote their mission statement, their brand manifesto, we created their target audiences. And what was really cool about vital proteins when we met them is that no one knew what collagen was. This was not a thing people were doing. Yeah,
0: seriously, I get it.
1: (laughs) At all. And so there was a lot of education that was needed, but at the same time, their product was one where their founder is a literal genius, Kurt, we love him. He's actually a rocket scientist. His background is from NASA no um, and yeah, he's so smart. And he wanted to talk so much about the science of collagen. And you know, when we met them, their website was like pages and pages about amino acid chains and ligament repair and all that. And we really helped him make that transition into how you actually sell a lifestyle and yeah. how you sell an end benefit of a product. And so he was building his marketing team and we had some great counterparts there at the same time that we served as their first agency. And we really together identified who their target market was going to be, who their target demographics were, and then custom tailored messages to each of them. You know, what I'm really proud of is that the mission statement that we wrote for them, which is that they nourish people who seek a full, vibrant life. That still hangs on their walls in their gorgeous Fulton Market office. uh, That's just down the street from SRWs, actually. And it's really cool to be able to say that, you know, we wrote this one line of copy seven years ago and it never changed. And it's still Mm -hmm. hanging on the wall, even after, you know, they got bought for a billion dollars by Nestle. And so what their marketing is really about is that mission, which is like, no matter what a full vibrant life means to you, that's what Vital Proteins is selling. They're not selling powder in a canister. They're selling that full, vibrant life. And so it comes
0: across. It definitely comes across. And that mission statement, that one line of copy is foundational for any company. Obviously, that's super, super important. It's their guiding light, their North Star. So to be uh, part of that process to help them to decide that early on is so crucial. And it's obviously worked really well for Vital Proteins. And I'm sure a lot of the other brands that you've worked on, that one definitely stuck out to me. Even though I'm not a consumer of it directly, mm-hmm. I've noticed that brand. I know that brand. And that's just really cool that you guys were a part of that. So I want to know now, like, I, I have so many questions, but <laughs> I want to either ask you about like, what's SRW's mission, but I also mm-hmm. want to ask you, like, is there power in constant, like in, in being niche and understanding like what you guys are super good at, like this wellness health style, health and wellness sector that you guys kind of mm-hmm. own. So mm-hmm. Tell me more about like, does that worry you or do you guys feel strong and powerful like in that brand? Like, what was the point of being so strategically focused there?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the way that the story went is entrepreneurs, in my opinion, because I this is the first time I've ever been an entrepreneur prior to founding SRW. I've worked for the largest companies in the world, including NBC, Comcast and the federal government. So I was. The opposite of an entrepreneur. But what I came to find out by becoming one myself is that entrepreneurs are really just people who see opportunities that other people don't see or capitalize on. -hmm. That's exactly what happened with us in the wellness space. The reason we became a wellness agency can all be tied back to the fact that, you know, the vice president of marketing at Simple Mills at the time had a son on a soccer team as the son of an old creative director that I worked with. And she was looking for an agency. And he said, oh, my friends just started an agency. They have no clients. I'm sure you can afford them because they were such a small company and they had no budget. And so she called me up and we became professional soulmates and hit it off right away. And then we had a WeWork office across the Mm -hmm. hall from Vital Proteins during like the peak WeWork awesomeness. Like when you are watching the documentaries about WeWork, this is when it was like very fun free beer. Great time to be an entrepreneur at WeWork. And our office was across the hall from Vital Proteins. So our first two clients were Simple Mills and Vital Proteins. And that became to us something we could be experts in. We also had a client that came with us from our previous agency that was an organic dairy brand. So we knew a lot about the organic consumer, about the millennial mom who was purchasing organic milk, and was the same person who was going to be purchasing these other wellness products. At the time, that was pretty much the only person who was purchasing these wellness products besides athletes. And so for us, it was identifying that niche and then building referral within that network. And for us, you know, we get that question a lot of like, oh, is that limiting? When you're in this industry, you understand how enormous it is because yeah. we go to these trade shows like Expo East and Expo West, which are like basically the you know, Comic-Con or CES of natural foods. And it's insane how many brands there are. And there's a natural wellness, sustainable version of literally everything you encounter throughout your day. And so for us, it's not limiting at all. We have all the categories available to us of other ad agencies. We just have the best of them. We have Mm. the ones that are doing the best things for people. We have the ones that are leaving the world a better place, that are making people healthier. And so for us, it's a really exciting place to be. And to me, the secret to our success is our niche.
0: Absolutely. When I was creating this podcast, people said it's too niche people breaking and entering advertising. And you realize if you can own a niche, it is so important. And you become the expert in that people come to you. Like, I think like, even when you're thinking about like, as a student, like breaking into advertising, like, you can actually explore niches and and, like creativity as well. Going back to the students listening, like, yeah, if you can own, like, if you're really good at animation or you're really good at audio or you're really yes. good at like Photoshop or like a specific skill that you really like go all in at is that's super helpful. Like even yeah. Excel, like ex- people like in the business administrative aspect of it. If you know, like Excel super well and you become like really powerful in like a tool, mm-hmm. like obviously you want to be well-versed in everything, but when you're specialized, it just helps differentiate you and you get a lot of value in that. So I could see how brands come to you. Like they know, okay, we're health and wellness. Who's the best health and wellness agency? SRW. Why wouldn't we go to that? It makes sense. They come, you attract people because of that.
1: Yeah. And I totally agree with that advice. Like if you can be the blank guy, a blank girl, like that gets you in the door. Right. And I think that sometimes, um, when people are starting off early in their careers, they get worried about being pigeonholed. But for us, it's similar to new business, right? Which is our niche is going to get us in the door. You know, they might, people might come to us because they think we're a social agency or they think we're an influencer agency. That's fine with me. I don't care (laughs) if Mm. that's what they want to hire us for. Amazing. I know we have 48 other things that we can do for them. The most important thing is getting in the door so that I can show them those 48 other things. Mm. So if you can market yourself that way, when you are looking for a job and you can be the TikTok person or you can be the trends person or you can be the analytics person or you can be the person who's really great at design or animation or whatever it is, that doesn't have to be all you ever do just because it's how you got in the door. Right.
0: Exactly. It's a great right. advice. And I love that we're tackling all this stuff uh, off the bat. So <laughs> it's really important to know that. I love your story. I think it's really interesting. Like of our SRW. How many people are there? Where are you guys located? Let's get over the like let's get over the, like let's yeah. talk about the attributes of the company lay it all out like where are you guys at size clients yeah for sure so
1: it's pretty wild to say now we've got about 50 team members we're in chicago and boulder we started the agency in chicago we have a, a gorgeous office in fulton market that we opened mm-hmm. like march 15th 2020 so the absolute mm-hmm. worst time you could build out and and open an office, but people are there now every now and again, which is great. (laughs) Um, It's really beautiful and we love it. And then we have a space in Boulder as well. It was really important to us to establish a ground presence there because Boulder is, yeah, it's the epicenter of the natural foods movement. And it's also been really cool for recruiting too, because there is, there are so many people moving to Boulder and Denver that it's helpful for us because there are a lot of people who, you know, we have actually had, Two employees who moved from Chicago to Boulder, and are part of our Boulder office too. Boulder. Yeah, I mean everybody does, and it's such a great lifestyle and a wonderful place to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you said that, it just made sense. Like my brother went to Colorado Boulder, so I've been there, and the lifestyle there—it just lives and breathes health and wellness, and (laughs) yeah, it's the the culture there that makes one hundred percent like sense to me. So cool. So two offices, Chicago and Boulder, 50 Mm -hmm. people around there growing. Amazing. And then you mentioned some clients, but let's go over those again.
1: Yeah, Uh, for sure. So some of our earliest clients were simple mills, vital proteins, basically any brand, you know, you're going to walk around whole foods or natural food store. You're going to run into our clients. We also work mm -hmm. with kite hill, perfect bar, good culture, light life and field roast. So if you eat mm -hmm. plant-based, you eat a lot of our clients as well. We have about 30 clients in the natural and wellness space.
0: Love it. I need to get more into that space myself. So it's <laughs> good to know. If you have any recommendations, you'll have to let we me know offline.
1: All the recommendations. Are we you, see our clients' our clients' products religiously. We're really serious about it. So do
0: you are you vegan, vegetarian? Do you have any?
1: I am not. I'm a total flexitarian, which is why our clients love working with me, because that's primarily who they're all targeting is is flexitarian.
0: I should know this, but it means you'll
1: eat whatever and you're open to a lot of different things. So like there are some days of the week when I'll eat plant-based and it's not Mm -hmm. even purposeful. I'm not even, you know, trying to do it right. It's similar to omnivore, which is just like, you know, some days I eat this way, some days I eat this way. But really for me, you know, the most important thing is that I understand the connection between food and how I feel and how I function. And so everything that I eat and my whole diet is really all around just functional food.
0: Love that. That's a good, that's a good mindset. I need to, yeah. I need to write a, a book or an article <laughs> on that. I would definitely read it.
1: I have lots of clients that you could speak to for that article. Nice. Yeah.
0: Amazing. All right. I think we have a, and you're the CEO founder. I think we have a pretty good grasp on RW, what you guys do, what you're all about. So I want to kick it back now to how you got started in advertising. You mentioned in the beginning that you had like this crazy ride of different past roles and Mm -hmm. experiences. So what was that foundational moment when you were like, I want to do advertising for my career?
1: Yeah, that moment for me came when I was working in sports. I had gone back to school to get my master's in sports journalism which was a huge passion of mine. And I loved, I had this job at NBC Comcast. That was a complete dream that my stories from the years that I worked, there are ones that I will write down for my kids. It was so much fun and just everything I ever wanted to do. But what I came to find about five or six years in was that the sports cycle was cyclical in nature. It was the same every year. And even the storylines really start to felt feel the exact same. You know, it was always going to be the all-star break. It was always going to be, you know, in April, the playoffs were happening and baseball was starting and all of this. And it just really started to feel the same every day. And then at the time when I was working at the at the television network there, I was also really integrated with the marketing team. And we worked with an agency on our own ad campaign for the TV station. And that was the first time that I ever got involved in working with an ad agency. And I started to see how they got to work on so many different clients. Everything was so different for them. And every single day was really different, which is what had attracted me to journalism in the first place. And that was the moment when I really started to think about making a move away from journalism and into advertising. The other reason was because. I had studied broadcast television and digital was beginning to be a really huge part of communications. This is, you know, 12 years ago. And I really wanted to learn more. I didn't want to be left behind in like the world of TV. I really wanted to understand the interaction between social and television and how one could help the other. And so a friend of mine was working at a newly formed agency called Frequency 540. And she was a producer there. She said, oh, you should come meet with my boss. He's the founder of the agency. You know, you guys might hit it off. If nothing else, you'll just learn more about what it's like to work at an agency. And that person ended up being my now business partner, Charlie. You know, and when we met, it was again, one of those moments where you're just like, oh, I'm supposed to know this person forever. Sounds good. Breaking in was hard because I didn't have agency experience. And so I had to prove myself. So they gave me a freelance project that I had to complete on top of, I mean, I was working like 90 hours a week at the TV station. I was, you know, working really hard. I produced a freelance video and produced an event for the agency on top of my full workload at the TV station in order to be able to break into that role and get that job so that I could prove to them that my skills from TV really translated to advertising. And it worked. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And and I remember too, the other, another reason that I love my business partner very much is because, you know, he asked me, what's your freelance rate? I was working in TV. We got paid nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I gave him some ridiculous rate and he said, we're going to pay you more than that. I was like, Great. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. That's so interesting. So you were working ninety hours at the station. Yeah. Right. And what were you doing there? I mean, oh man. You've kind of danced around it. Maybe I missed it, but like, what was your previous role? What were you doing? Yeah,
1: So I worked in marketing and promotions. And so I did everything from creating all of our internal TV spots. So all of our internal ads that we created for the agency, everything from working with our graphics department to create banner and display ads, working with our web team to define our promotion schedule for what was going to be on air. And then we had an entire team of like editors and shooters who we were creating commercials with all the time. So some of the really fun things that we did were we would do commercial shoots with athletes constantly. So pretty much every other week I had a commercial shoot with one of the biggest names in Chicago sports. Let's at the go show.
0: name some. Derek Rose,
1: Joakim Noah, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Anthony Rizzo. Like we had shoots with athletes like that just constantly. It was just. Who was
0: your favorite? Who was your favorite oh. to work with?
1: There are so many players that are really funny but I always had the most fun working with the Bulls I don't know Mm -hmm. it's something about the environment and the NBA or that team I don't know if anyone listening remembers like how fun the team was before Derrick Rose got injured but there was so much promise in this team with like Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler who has gone on Mm -hmm. to become a huge star I actually adored Jimmy Butler he was really fun to work with but all of those players together they had this wonderful chemistry They were so fun to work with and sometimes you would get to work with them all together and so they were definitely some of my favorites but there were also like huge stars from my childhood who were on tv at our network like frank thomas mm-hmm. i remember my husband being floored that i knew frank thomas that was like the biggest deal I <laughs> so,
0: mean, so love that
1: yeah it was really cool and it was one of those things where it's like wow 10-year-old me would never believe that this is my job. And it was so fun and it was such hard work. And so one of the other tipping points for me was that my brother-in-law was getting married during one of the Blackhawks Stanley Cup runs. So I was in Maine missing everything. <laughs> like there were entire weekends of events going on around me. And I was just up in my room you know, working the entire time on calls, doing everything to make sure that, you know, all of our promotions for the Stanley cup playoffs were in place. And that was kind of another moment when I realized like, oh, this is going to be a tough road (laughs) if I'm going to always be having to prioritize whatever is happening in sports over whatever is happening in my life.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. That's crazy. It sounds really fun though. It was
1: very fun.
0: Yeah. So remind me again, so the, what made you want to go back to advertising? What was it, what was that shift again? Like, let's yeah. really cement that. Like what, what drew you to advertising? One more yeah, time.
1: It was a combination of wanting every day to be different and wanting to be at the cusp of innovation and digital. And you know, the need for those two things really moved me away from TV and into the advertising world. Gotcha.
0: Yeah and you saw the opportunity with digital. So that kind of makes sense. It called your name and you're like, you saw this could be huge. And that obviously worked out.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was interesting at the time, because if you can like go back in a time machine 12 years ago, digital was not a big deal. (laughs) Like It Mm -hmm. was. I remember within the station we had, there was a web team and they Mm -hmm. were like, so siloed it was like a completely separate team they were running basically their own editorial calendar Mm -hmm. and they and the broadcast team never wanted any of their clips shared on our twitter because then people won't watch the show Mm -hmm. and we were like guys that's not how it works i really think that if we put clips online people are gonna watch the show But that was just not the way people felt back then. They were really scared about it. They thought if you gave away the content for free, no one was going to watch it. So the model Mm -hmm. hadn't totally shifted. But I was somebody who was such an avid consumer of social media. Facebook was actually started right across the river from me when I was in college. So I went to Boston University. We were one of the first schools on Facebook. So social media was a really important part, I think, of what ended up being my career trajectory.
0: Absolutely. It's so interesting. All right. So we covered a lot. Now I want to ask you more about advice now, learning from your career. Um obviously not more you definitely don't have a traditional break-in story, which is what we love. We um, want to hear all types of perspectives on this podcast. But what would you say now that looking back through your career and being a CEO and you know, hiring a bunch, you know, 49 plus people, what would what advice do you have for the aspiring advertisers? Somebody that knows like listen to this podcast, they know they want to get into this industry. What are you going to say to them? I want to give you the mic now to just give advice. free Yeah,
1: totally. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but I do think that one of the best ways to get in is to be a specialist. So if you can define for yourself how you're going to brand yourself, just like how you think about, you know, when you look at a brand or when you think about vital proteins, you know, what they stand for, you know, what they're trying to do you need to think about your own personal brand and what points you have that really validate that. So if your personal brand is going to be that you're going to be a super innovative strategic thinker, great. Like, can you be the research person in the beginning? Or can you be the trends person? Can you be, you know, someone who is able to really identify that you focused on these things? Um, I know one of the most recent entry-level hires we made, they had experience in online grocery specifically, working with Kroger. That was so attractive to us yep. because all of our clients need that. And even though that's not going to be the primary thing that they do, of course. it just was a specialty that was very attractive and really stood out to us. Yep. So that's definitely one thing. I would say my other biggest advice is, I know that especially like, If you are someone who's in portfolio school or you've known forever that you want to be in advertising, I think that the big agencies can look so attractive, but your Mm -hmm. best first job is always going to be at a small agency, always, Mm -hmm. because you will learn so much and you will be so attractive to future employers When people are recruiting from my agency and my agency is constantly recruited from, we have to work so hard on retention because Mm -hmm. massive PR agencies, creative agencies, and media agencies are always banging down the door of our people. So the reason that they're doing that is because they know. They know that these people have been trained in fast-paced environments, that Mm -hmm. they know how to do their job and they've probably done the job of the person who sits next to them when that person was on vacation too so our employees are so attractive to those places however the converse is not true if someone's first job was at leo burnett i'm usually not interested in hiring them because Mm -hmm. i'm worried about you know what they are used to the level of structure and process that they might rely on versus what they're going to have at a small agency It's super easy to make that jump. Like your skill set at a small agency is going to be applicable almost Mm -hmm. anywhere, but it's really hard to make the jump from big to small. So if you go down that holding company route and then you find like, oh, maybe it's not for me. There's a little too much red tape. It's feeling really bureaucratic. I feel really siloed. You're not going to be as attractive to a small agency that's doing really great work that you want to be part of.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really interesting perspective. We had a professor at Illinois that kind of preached this as well. He started his own small agency. so said the same ex- exact things. His name is Shahar Marone. So I want to give him a shout out. He preaches that as well. So there's definitely like people that have that perspective as well to back you up. And I, it makes sense. I think also I want to go back to your previous comment being specialized. Once you figure out your brand or what you want to specialize in that you're really passionate about, create content around that. As you're still a student, you have time, you know, maybe don't go out as much on the weekends and like build a website or write articles, yeah. sacrifice like some personal time to actually like prove that you are this person that you want to become. And content is usually the best way to do that, I believe. I mean, I owe everything to this podcast. And, yeah. and if people start early and they're consistent with some sort of content that aligns with who they say they want to be, then it's just more proof points and that will help you get in the door and get noticed. And don't be afraid to post it on LinkedIn and your channels as well.
1: Yeah, and then don't be afraid to even go share it with someone like me or an Mm -hmm. ECD or whoever you really admire. I've hired more than one person that just hit me up on LinkedIn to be like, hey, I love your agency. I follow your background. I read this Medium post you wrote. I think you're super inspiring. I'm sure you're really busy. If you even have 15 minutes for coffee, I would love to meet you. That's it. I I say yes every time.
0: That's the formula. I mean, that's really what it is. And people are intimidated or they don't want to put in the work. Literally, if you put a LinkedIn note, you don't just blindly follow or request to connect. You get Mm -hmm. it all the time. They just want to connect. And I don't know, like they don't have a note. I'm probably not going to be as inclined to connect with them because they didn't even say like anything, but if you, yeah. just put, like, you take the time to fill in those characters, whatever the word count character is like 160 on LinkedIn, yeah. just literally do that. And that will like increase your connection rate.
1: Five minutes once a day. Right. Yeah. And like, even if you only reach and hear back from 10% of the people you reach out to, if mm-hmm. you do it once a day, that's an amazing success rate. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. My partner and I joke because he, doesn't he will accept anyone on LinkedIn. He just boom accepts all requests. I will go through with a very discerning eye and say, like, who has custom tailored this message to me?
0: Yeah, but you'd also don't have the time to like connect and talk with everybody. And also you want to be strategic with like time is like the most valuable resource. So yeah. When people can save you the time by giving you a good intro, they're clear with their intent. Obviously everybody wants a job, but if they show they're passionate, like that will help you a lot. And you kind of get like the feel of them. So it only makes sense to to be efficient in your connection rate and your networking is so important. So it just makes sense.
1: Yeah. And any person who's in a position that you admire or that you covet, or you want that position, they're only there because someone opened a door for them. And they remember that I can tell you every single person that made my career journey possible, you know, the friend that introduced me to my business partner, the reporter that introduced me to the hiring manager at CSN, the first job I got out of college, right? All of those people are cemented in my brain. And that's who I think of when I get those emails from people. And I want to honor them and the opportunity they gave me by giving the same opportunity to other people. Most people feel that way. You know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid by titles. That's like one of the biggest things that you learn as you ascend in your career is that titles are meaningless, and that just because someone has a certain title, it doesn't mean anything. So don't be afraid.
0: Love (laughs) that. So while we're on this topic, I want to I want to ask you then: Can people reach out to you, and if so, how can they do so?
1: Of course, yeah, definitely find me on LinkedIn with a custom tailored message. That's the best way to reach out. Yeah, seriously. You can also obviously check out our website srw.agency do your
0: research Um, beforehand
1: yes a hundred percent like know who we are know what we do Mm. and know what is specific about my background or my agency that is particularly appealing to you right like yeah it's cool we started an agency but why does that matter to you what like are you somebody who's really into wellness do you have a sports background are you from Dayton Ohio what is it right that like is the reason why you feel a special connection or feel compelled to reach out
0: Exactly. Perfect. All right, Kate, that is all I got. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. I think we covered everything.
1: Worked pretty good.
0: Good. Great. <laughs> all right, Kate, thank you again. People can reach out on your LinkedIn and we'll put a link to that in our Instagram breaking and entering pod on Instagram. Thank you.
1: All right. Thanks, Gina. It was super fun.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. That's all one word Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn, and they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Jung, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz. They're a PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you
1: next week with another amazing guest.